back to this It's time for the 5-Minute Major Podcast. What is the uh, significance of that name? Now here's your hosts, Matt Mastro-Giovanni and Dave Morris. That's what the people came to see. A 5-Minute Major Podcast. What took you so long to finally seal the deal, my man? Let's go. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of Five Minute Major. Dave here, as always, with guest partner Prime, Matt, Mashinani. Matt, how's it going this evening? It's going very. It's going well, not very well. Um, I'll give it a well, not a very well. Uh, I've been lucky enough to have a three-day work week, so tomorrow being Friday already again is pretty nice. And uh, next week will probably be a full week, so that'll suck. Because uh, the first full week after the holiday is always pretty tough, and I've delayed my delayed that for myself. So next week might be kind of miserable, but I do have some stuff to look forward to these next couple of weeks. So I'm excited about that stuff, and we are one step closer to the Stanley Cup final. Very true, very true. We are now in the conference finals, and. Um... Some teams moved on like we thought they would, and some teams did not. Um, but Matt, do you want to start? Of course, this week, there's not really much going on in Flyers land. Uh, I mean, if you want to go on Twitter, they signed a couple prospects. They decided not to sign a six-round pick in Connor McLennan. And, of course, they had Flyers Twitter on a buzz yesterday. We don't feel we, we, we really need to cover it because it's not really groundbreaking news. So with that, we're just going to move right into our playoff coverage for how the current 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs are happening. Shall we start out east or start out west, Matt? I will let you choose. Um, We can start out uh, out east. We can start in the east um, since we are geographically in the east. That but, is true. Um, so I guess we can start with the dud. Um, the President's Trophy curse continues and the – President's Trophy winning Florida Panthers for this past regular season were swept easily, I might say. They by, weren't even <clears throat> in the series ever. Yes, um, easily by the defending back-to-back champion Stanley Cup Lightning. Florida, I believe, was in the whole playoffs, well, in their first, in their two one-and-a-half rounds, I guess you can say. Um, they were one for 31 on the power play, I believe, their offense was just completely stymied by the Lightning, mainly Vasilevsky. Um, and I think they scored a total of three goals in the four games that they were swept in. And they were shut out 2 nothing, um by Tampa Bay to just get completely mopped. They just got the floor mopped with, by, with them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just a completely lopsided series. A disappointment for us as Flyers fans because, obviously, we wanted – I know, Dave, you didn't want the Panthers to win the Cup, but we wanted to see Giroux make a run. And this was also the first time all the year, regular season and playoffs, the, Pan- the Panthers were shut out. And they were just, again, completely just shut down by the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they were sent packing. 
yeah, Tampa show Florida who the better hockey team in the state is. Like Tampa's like, hey, Florida, you might have had a, a better regular season record against us, so you might have won the President's Trophy, but you're still losers, and you don't know how, and you don't know how to win when it matters. We do. We're the better hockey team. We own you. Uh, yeah, Tampa Bay just thoroughly mopped the floor with Florida. Florida never had a chance. And, 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 you know, yeah, it's disappointing to see Giroux lose. But you know what, man? You could have picked a better team to go to. Sorry, not sorry. You picked the wrong team to get traded to. You kind of handcuffed the Flyers. You picked the Panthers. And this is called karma. You know, there's a team that has advanced and is still in their conference final out west that you were rumored to be almost accepting a trade to, but you didn't pick them. And look where they are and look where you are. You know, uh, I don't want to say I'm bitter because Giroux is still one of my all-time favorite athletes, and I hope he does eventually win a Stanley Cup, but it just wasn't meant to be this year because he picked the wrong team to get traded to. At the end of the day, that's what happened. Um, I definitely think there was a sect of Flyers Twitter who took things a little bit too far in regards to that feeling. Um, But no, Tampa at the end of the day was just the better hockey team. And, you know, Florida did not get good goaltending from Sergei Bobrovsky in the playoffs. What's new? Um, their defense was not very good. And Tampa Stars showed up and Vasilevsky was Vasilevsky. I mean, what more can you say? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy how much of a flip of the switch this was, like you said, compared to the last time these teams met in the playoffs where it was scrums after every whistle like fighting tooth and nail for the puck for every inch of the ice as they say and i mean this time around the again the panthers didn't really have much experience well they just won their first series against the capitals that was their first series they've won since 1996 so as much firepower as they had in the regular season experience counts for all in the stanley cup playoffs and going up against the juggernaut, like the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, yes, they were put on the brink of elimination by the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round. But again, everyone kind of knew in the back of their head, they're like, the Leafs are probably going to screw this up. So um, I think that was probably the toughest round, maybe, because obviously we have to get to the conference finals. But, um, yeah, I mean, Tampa, again, they just have that experience. Experience is the best teacher, as they say, and Florida being in the playoffs – only twice out of the past at least five years, I would say, right? I'm not, yeah, much of it. In their entire franchise history, they have not made the playoffs very many times. Yeah, but I feel like they could go through the same thing that the Capitals went through in like the late 2000s, early 2010s, where they would just completely mop the floor with people in the regular season, and then they just fizzle out right away or fizzle out not very deep in the playoffs. That was the knock against Ovechkin. But then you had the team, you had a core stay together for as long as it did. And they start to win another round and get a little further. They exercise the demons when they beat the Penguins. And then they go on to win the Stanley Cup in 2017. So, I mean, that might be the same type of path that the Panthers could take. Every team's obviously different, but it's just, again, you're going up against the team that has won the Cup twice and arguably won the hardest Stanley Cup to win in the bubble. So these guys know what they're doing. And the Panthers being a young chrysalis of a playoff team compared to a fully formed butterfly of the... the, Yeah, I'm getting some biology going in here. Um, A fully formed butterfly of the Tampa Bay Lightning being back-to-back champs. 
you're pretty much SOL. And yeah. again, you feel bad for Giroud, you feel bad for those players, but it, that's how it happens. Like, so there's always next year. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And you never know where Giroud will go because as of once this playoffs are over, he is an unrestricted free agent. So yeah, we get to see how that cookie will crumble. But uh, moving on now to stay in the Eastern Conference, you had the series against the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers, um, where a series where I was wrong, where I originally had Carolina um, winning in six games. Mm-hmm. They actually lost in seven to the Rangers. Uh, yeah. The New York Rangers, uh, yet again, a series where the home team won every game except for game seven. And, of course, mm-hmm. that's where the Rangers advanced and moved on. And real quick here, my thoughts on this series, Matt, is just, you know, Carolina just, you know, at times, Antiranta had stood on his head, played a great playoff run, but just couldn't get to the level of Igor Shostarkin. Yeah. And the Rangers stars showed up, and the Hurricanes stars kind of disappeared. And at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, you know, while the Hurricanes have some great players and maybe some elite-level talent— they don't have elite goal scoring. Yeah. Um, and I think that hurt them at the end of the day. Like, Sebastian Ajo is a great playmaker. Evgeny Svechnikov, you know, is an up-and-coming superstar, I feel like, and has the potential where he one day could be an elite goal scorer, but he's not there yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that hurt them. And the Rangers stuck it to him, and Sturkin was fantastic, and New York Stars woke up at the end of the day. And the Rangers are on to the Eastern Conference Final, where they're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, um, Rod Brindamore had some interesting quotes after that series, and where he alluded to that they that he thinks he pretty much challenged his team and challenged ownership by saying we don't have an elite goal scorer. So maybe that's dropping some hits to the GM and ownership, because Carolina's owner is uh, known to be pretty cheap on his wallet. So yeah. we'll see where that goes, and it also does hurt, you know. It, it's thanks to Carolina. They didn't have Frederick Anderson and Nett, who's, I believe, a Vesna finalist this season, who was phenomenal mm-hmm. during the regular during the regular season. And he should have come back from a torn MCL early, and he just couldn't get back in time. But I mean, that's not to put you know any doubt on what Anti Ranta did in Nett. It's just you know not the same level of goaltender. But Carolina yeah. loses, and the Rangers move on. Yeah, I think it just came down to, like you said, there was the pattern, even in the Boston series when Carolina won um, on, they won, well, they won at home, but the road, it was like the the home team was winning at home, road team was winning on the road, so so and so. Uh, or you get what I'm saying. Like yeah, you said team, about, in, in, in both, the home team always took care of business on their home ice. Yes. Um, but obviously, again, this wasn't the case with the Rangers and the Canes last round. The Rangers, I mean, to put it, Pretty like honestly, if you the hurricanes were like a legit hurricane, like the weather event where they just ran out of steam, and um, you saw the the flaws in the Boston series. Obviously, Boston took them the distance in seven games. They couldn't win on the road. The stats on the road compared to at home were like night and day. So it was almost Their like an power actual play too was also atrocious. Yeah, it was almost like an actual hurricane where hurricanes are obviously strongest when they make landfall. That's kind of like the first round where it's like, all right, like we're pretty strong here. We're looking good, about to do some damage. No offense to anyone who's ever been devastated by a hurricane. I'm just trying to get the analogy here. Um, but and then they run into the Rangers where 
you have they're almost kind of landlocked at that point where they're beat up a little bit from a seven game series in the first round. Then you're coming up against the Rangers who kind of, I mean, they, they eliminated the Penguins in seven games too. So, I mean, both teams were kind of banged up as they usually are after seven games, no matter what round it is. But yeah, I mean, again, they just ran out of steam. They came to, they came across land too much. And then obviously when hurricanes go across land, they normally lose strength. And then they just kind of fizzle out. And I think that's what happened to the actual team where as it went on, their faults became bigger. They cracked and then they ultimately crumble in game seven. Um, New York, again, like you said, Dave, their stars came out, especially Shesterkin. Um, I mean, the the best you have the best two goaltenders and then you have the best two goal scorers again in, in each of the respective series now in the final four teams in the conference finals. Um, we'll get to those in a minute here. But, yeah, I mean, New York just came to play and then they've had their backs against the wall twice now in the first two rounds and they've got it done. And I guess to foreshadow right into the conference finals, they're ahead one game, one game to none on the Tampa Bay Lightning with game three being tomorrow night. Game two. Game two, sorry. Um, but we'll just we'll dive into that right now if you want. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right now, obviously, um, out east it is New York, New York, New York, into the Tampa Bay Lightning, a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals, I believe, from 2015, where Tampa actually beat them in seven games to advance to the Cup Final, and mm-hmm. that's where Tampa lost to the Chicago Blackhawks, of course. Um yeah, game one going to the blue shirts of the six to two win. Yeah, last night um, I didn't get a chance to watch any of the game because I had my own beer league game, but came out and saw the score. I was like, that's not what I was expecting. Yeah, um, because I originally I picked the bolts to win in five. Mm-hmm. I expected Tampa Bay to mop the floor with the Rangers because the Rangers hadn't faced a team of the same caliber as the Tampa Bay Lightning up until now. Um, but at a certain point, you know, the you just have to give credit to the Rangers where they are. Like they're here because their play, they have been the better team in their first two series, and they've met to advance. Um, yes, have they faced backup goaltenders and teams with talent disappearing? Of course. But still at the end of the day, their talent has showed up and they've won. Um, and they put a good beating on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now we'll see how Tampa comes back, and you know they are seventeen and zero after losing a game in the in their second game in the postseason for the past couple of seasons. So, who knows? You know, Andre Vasilevsky does not have a bad game two 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 days in a row. So, yeah. um, but my prediction of Tampa Bay in five, unless Tampa wants to win the next four in a row, is probably not going to happen. Um, but I look forward to Mason down and being able to watch some of this series because. Um, if it's hopefully Tampa puts in more of an effort and gets some more fight, but uh, looking forward to watching this series play out and see how far it goes. But I'll stick to my guns and I will still say the Bolts in five. I think they can win the next four games in a row, but they need a much better outing. I'm being, I'm being way too optimistic and way too hopeful because I thought the Rangers were going to lose in round two. I just can't, I, I don't want to see them go to the cup final. Just don't yeah. want to see that happen, but I'm sticking to my guns. Tampa in five. I think they can do it. Mm. Um, I mean, I'll give my prediction right off the bat. I think Tampa's going to win at six. Um, I think the Rangers tomorrow night's game is obviously crucial because, like you said, and we say this, we agree with all this stuff, and obviously it's the facts. But 
Tampa has not lost back-to-back games in the playoffs for three seasons now. And if they somehow do lose again tomorrow, that's big. So that could be not, I mean, it could be a catalyst, obviously, for the Rangers, but it's like almost like the Tampa has been very good at instilling a lot of false hope in teams where they, re, I mean, except for the the anomaly of the sweep last round, but like in game one of the Tampa Toronto series, mm-hmm. they lost five nothing. Like yeah, and then like the next game they come out, they play, and I mean again, Toronto held their own all the way up until the end. But Tampa is one of those teams where it's like, um, they're they they they're like almost like Taskmaster from Black Widow. Where the more that you interact with them, the more that they know your next move and they analyze your game and they almost kind of use it against you or they're just able to counter you so well that you're not able to keep up. So it's it's they're such a keep you guessing type of team. And then when they find that weak link in your armor, that's when they just pounce and they just kind of rip tear you apart. Um I mean, they found it a lot easier, obviously, with Florida, but the Rangers, I don't know. The Rangers are playing well. Again, we have the two best goalies, I think, arguably right now in the league in Vasilevsky and Shesterkin. So, I mean, it's going to come down to goaltending, I think, where Vasilevsky is able to shut the door every time they lose. They have to just get to Game 7, and, I mean, they just win two in a row. So, it's crazy. I don't know, but... Yeah, I think um, I'm going to say Tampa and six. But the Rangers, I don't know. So, but we'll see. I think, again, um, it's just going to be, it's going to come down to goaltending. And we'll, with game two, obviously, tomorrow night, Friday at eight o'clock on ESPN, we will get another answer to all of our questions here. But um, that does it for the Eastern Conference final. And then we will kind of, Rewind once again when we go out west here now. We'll go back to round two. Uh, we'll start with the, we'll start with the, I guess, the more disappointing of the two series, the Battle of Alberta. The first time mm-hmm. these two teams have met since 1991, I believe, in the playoffs. Um, Calgary and Edmonton, not really much of a battle. Uh, no. The first game was a complete barn burner with, a, I believe, it was a 9-6 to six final score. It's a big game. Yeah, Maddie Kachuk had a hat trick, all that stuff, and you're like, wow, we're going to get potentially seven games of this madness. And then Edmonton was like, psych, we're shutting this down, and we're going to extinguish the flames in five games. Um, it's continued to be the Connor McDavid show, the surprisingly the Evander Kane show. Um, and, I mean, Calgary, again, they had some – faults that you saw in the first round against Dallas and you saw Edmonton they co- they went to seven against the Kings but they they found their sea leg so to speak and they've been rolling ever since so I mean Calgary just kind of ran into a buzzsaw as they say um with the Oilers and all their momentum they had and Connor McDavid puts them away game five and OT and the Oilers move on so it's not much to say but the Oilers are the Oilers are rolling um and I think their biggest weakness at this point is Mike Smith. Yeah. I mean, the Oilers really, like the Flames just, they didn't show up. 
like at all. Like you say how Florida didn't show up against Tampa. Calgary did not show up after game one against Edmonton. And Jacob Markstrom was awful in net for the Flames. And their defense was bad. Their scoring dried up. And the Oilers just stuck it to them. I know Connor McDavid's like on a crazy p- pace for playoff scoring. Evander Kane's leading the entire NHL in playoffs goal scored. And you know, if you if, if you if you predicted that, you should be a millionaire because I did not see that coming. Um and yeah, Mike Smith was really good in net, whereas Calgary's goalie and Markstrom was not. And Edmonton stuck it to him. And, you know, here they are, and now they're in the Western Conference final. So I, I was hoping for Calgary to win in seven because I thought it would be a back a good battle, literally a battle of Alberta. And we just know it was a full on, just a a you know, a, not a battle. <laughs> it was not a battle. It, it was like an embarrassment. Yeah. Like just Edmonton, Edmonton just like Edmonton was like uh, Daenerys riding Dragon through King's Landing in the last season in the last season of Game of Thrones. Just like they just. Roll them over. Spoiler alert. Zero. I mean, come on. If you haven't watched by now, come on. You should, no, I know. But no, just Edmonton played no mercy, no prisoners. And Flames are golfing and the Oilers are in the next round. So. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then our other series in the West, the Colorado Avalanche took care of the St. Louis Blues in six games. Uh, the game six winner came with like six seconds left in the game. I think less than that. <laughs> I think it was four seconds, like something Hell. like that. But buzzer yeah, beater, the it third was just period. like, I mean, hey, I kind of don't. I mean, I kind of hate the Blues, uh, except for like a couple of their players. But um, I mean, the main storyline we talked about it before was the Kadri and Bennington hit. We're not going to go into that. We already did go into that. Um, but the Blues just again outgunned by the Avalanche. St. Louis, that, I think, that game again, five. That game five was woof. Yeah, they. You thought there might have been a little bit of hope in that second game when they when like St. Louis won, but then the Avs. I mean, you can't. It's hard to stop an Av an Avalanche. Like whether it's the hockey Literally. team or the 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 actual event. We're getting a lot of weather stuff here tonight, actually, which is cool. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it, there's not really much to be said. Colorado's an absolute wagon, and um. Dave, I don't know if you have any thoughts on on that series before we get into the main event here on the Western Conference Final. I mean, I did pick the Avs to win in six, so my prediction was correct against the Blues. Um, I thought they were going to win it in five. They, they, they blew a 3 nothing lead in game five, and then after the Blues tie it, literally Nathan McKinnon scores the most dirtiest filthiest amazingest goal we have seen i know my grammar was way off there but just an absolutely unreal goal to put the avalanche back up on top and you thought okay they're gonna ride this momentum they're gonna win the game and the blues tie it in the dying seconds and then win it in overtime it was like god on to game six blue score early in game six and i'm like no man are the ads gonna blow it in because they had this like mantra blowing game blowing series in the second round but Darren Helm was their Lord and Savior in Game Six with that with that buzzer beater to move on. Um, so the Abs, you know, in a way, quieting and silencing their demons. Mm-hmm. They're in the conference final for the first time since 2002, and now they are playing the Edmonton Oilers, in which they are leading the series one nothing. Mm-hmm. And that was a barn burner. That was another beer league game just the other night. 
Yep. Game two is set to take. Game two is set place to take this evening, Thursday, June second at eight p.m. So in just about twenty minutes from now, when we're recording, um, I mean, you had was it six goals in the first period? You had, you had the controversial McCarr goal, um, yeah. where everyone else in their right mind goes that's offsides, but because apparently. According to the NHL rulebook, Kale McCarr didn't have possession. Therefore, it was treated as a dump-in, and Yachushkin tagged up. Um, even though wow. I think if you're in any other league and you see that play and you go, uh, yeah, McCarr has possession there, uh, that, that goal shouldn't count. Um, it counted it was literally. I mean, it was literally just because his stick wasn't touching the puck. Yeah, it's because he was in between stick handling. Yep. When Nutushkin, you know, tagged up on the blue line. I mean, I'm rooting for the Avs, so who cares? But at the end of the day, like, if that happened to the Flyers, I get why Oilers fans are livid. Like, and that—that that is a dumb rule, and the NHL needs to look in that because well, that we saw really the, the the Flyers got screwed with the Islanders in the bubble. Remember that offsides? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah. at this point, I'm just rooting for chaos. Yeah, it's. It, it was a goal by NHL rules and standards, but by any other hockey league or any other hockey fan that probably shouldn't have counted. But of course, since the Oilers, you know, challenge it, they lose the challenge, yeah. and then Nazem Kadri scores on that power play. So, literally, it, it was a two a twofer on that challenge. Um, Colorado masses this huge lead, and then Darcy Kemper pulls himself from the game because he's having trouble seeing, like he's seeing mm-hmm. blurs. Um, and he's out tonight. Pavel Francouz is starting in that. And of course, Miko Koskin wouldn't relieve because Mike Smith got yanked because he was not good in yeah. game one. Um, I mean, all what all four, all, all four, four goaltenders saw action in yeah. game one. I was gonna and, say they all kind of were crappy. Well, Koskinen, game. Koskinen and Francouz, I'd say they both each let in one bad goal, but other than that. Yeah, they played pretty well. You know, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm a fan of either team, I know Francis is starting tonight for Colorado. But if the Oilers were for some reason start Koskinen over Mike Smith, I would be confident in that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mike Smith has rebounded. You know, he's kind of had bad game ones in every game, every series so far. The Oilers and he's rebounded since then. So you know, the Oilers made it close. It was a hell of a game. You had McCarr and Mc. McKinnon and Landeskog and Ranton heading off against, you know, Drysaddle and McDavid and Kane. And it was an 8 6 win. A hell of a game. And <laughs> I just about went to overtime after all that, too. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to way more of this series. I personally, I am picking Colorado to win this series in six games. Mm. I think Colorado, at the end of the day, is the overall better team. Um, well, of course, Ebenden has overall better talent, not by much, if you ask me. Because yeah. um, they, they got they have big data and dry saddle, but you know, Colorado has McKinnon and McCarr. So, like it, it's the 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 raw talent here in this series is awesome. And finally, for the first time ever, you're going to have one of either McDavid or McKinnon in the Stanley Cup final after this round. So that's I think that's a win win that that's a win for hockey fans in general. So oh, I'm yeah. very excited, but I think Colorado pulls this out and they get the dub in six. Yeah, I mean I think 
I'll go again right off my right off the bat with my prediction. I think they, I'll agree with you. I think the Colorado gets it done in six games, but I mean this is like hockey fans' dreams, but also kind of nightmares because it's like you have two of the best offensive players in the world going against each other. But it's like, is it bad for the game if there's fourteen goals? No, um, I don't think so. This offense sells. I was going to say, but that was also my other point is like it's a double edged sword in that fact where it's like the the layman hockey fan. This is like the best thing ever because, you don't you don't go more than five, six minutes without someone scoring a goal. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's on ESPN like it's on TNT, TNT, but still national TV. Like what more? This is like one of those things where they have those series where it's like, oh, the NHL wanted this like. And everyone's pissed off, like, oh, they wanted Islanders Capitals. Like, that's going to be a boring series. Like, this is, like, perfect marketing-wise. Like, you have literally, like, this is the opportunity for these guys to become household sports names. Not just hockey names, but sports names. Because you have, you're drawing in all these audiences. And people are saying, oh, my God, there were 14 goals scored last game. I got to tune in next time. And then... You, what's like, gonna? This what's, is like yeah. how it's supposed to be. What, what's gonna hurt is I don't like how Wayne Gretzky came out and said I, you know, I being the most offensive player of all time, you know, I'm all for offense, but man, they we need we need more defense if these teams want to win and succeed. And it's like, uh, well, they're in their conference final for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know, both teams can play defense, but we're trying to grow the game here. Mm-hmm. You know, expand the sport to a new audience, and you don't want arguably the greatest player of all time to say that there needs to be more defense. Because I'm sorry, boring defense doesn't sell. Look at what happened to hockey's hockey in the late '90s and early 2000s. They were on the Outdoor Living Network for Christ's sake. Yeah. So offense sells. If mm-hmm. we have another eight six game, more people will be tuning in. I was telling coworkers today at our company picnic who are not hockey fans. I said Connor Mc... And they know who Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid are because they're just sports fans in general. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, game one was an 8-6 final. And they all said, we're watching the game tonight because that's sports, you know, must see. Mm-hmm. So sell the offense, Wayne. Don't be boring. <laughs> sell the offense. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be... It'll be interesting to see how the next games happen. Um Obviously, like you said, game two about to get underway here in the next few minutes. So we'll start wrapping up stuff. But once again, the conference finals are set and underway. Out in the east, we have the Rangers against the Lightning. And then we have the Colorado Avalanche and the Edmonton Oilers out west. And whoever wins these goes to the big dance, as they say. Uh, The Stanley Cup final, which will start later this month, obviously, once these series unfold. But... Moving away from the playoffs, as we let things again unfold more in these conference final rounds, we just have a couple of housekeeping notes for around the league uh, where we deem the news and noteworthy topics going on around the NHL and hockey in general. But um, just a couple of things, like I said, this week. Um, first up, we have the Montreal Canadiens officially hiring Martin St. Louis as their head coach. He became interim head coach uh, over the course of a part of this past season. Uh, Montreal went 14, 19, and 4 
this season under St. Louis. He replaced Dominique Ducharme as coach on February 9th after the Canadians won eight of their first 45 games. Uh, his only previous coaching experience with his son's minor hockey teams. All this according to NHL.com as usual. Uh, St. Louis did agree to a three-year contract to remain coach of the Canadians. This was yesterday, Wednesday. Uh, and then he was also quoted saying, I don't think I've proved myself to be a good coach. I feel like when I came into the league, I knew I had the ability to be a good player in this league. But it took me some time to prove to people that, yeah, I could execute in this league. I think as a coach, I feel the same way. I think that I have the experience and qualities that I think I can make me a good coach, but my actions, the way I succeed, will speak for itself. Uh, we don't really have to go into co- – we all know St. Louis is a player. If you don't, Google him. So, but Dave, obviously Montreal also has the first overall pick this year in the entry draft in July, next month now, which is crazy. Um, what are your thoughts on St. Louis getting hired as the full-time guy? I like it. I mean, even though St. Louis didn't have any previous NHL coaching experience till now, um, he's a guy who pretty much came out and said, you know, I'm just going to let my guys go out and play. Like, they know what, let's let their talent showcase themselves. And Cole Caulfield went to another level with St. Louis as, as his head coach, as did Nick Suzuki. Um, so he could, I mean, I think Montreal, I honestly don't expect them to be as bad as they were last year next year um you know they're gonna have a different thing and i think st lee breathes some energy into that franchise which they desperately needed and of course the big thing too with montreal next year is they're gonna have carry they're gonna have a healthy carry price back which is huge um but i think st lee i think he's gonna succeed in montreal and i think this is an excellent hiring on their part i really think he's gonna speak to their younger players as well as their veterans Uh, i think this is a very very smart hire agreed Sorry, I'm looking at Twitter because we might have some breaking news coming through here in the next couple of minutes. Uh, that was supposed to be a typewriter noise or like the, the typewriter telegraph or satellite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. I don't think it'll come out now, but maybe while we record. Anyway, uh, the next order of business, they are announcing the winner of the Jack Adams Award, which is the coach of the year. We have... Uh, that's set to be announced before Game 2 of the West Final, which is obviously in just a few minutes, like we've said multiple times tonight. But the quick, the nominees for that, the finalists are Andrew Brunette of the Panthers, Gerard Gallant of the Rangers, and Daryl Sutter of the Calgary Flames. The award is given annually to the coach who has, quote, contributed, to most of, to, contributed the most to his team's success. Uh, you can go through all these guys' profiles on NHL.com quick, but like I said, they are going to announce the winner uh, prior to this game or throughout the broadcast tonight. Dave, do you have a quick prediction of who do you think wins? No, not really. Um, don't want Gerard Glant to win it because he's, he's the Rangers coach and screw them. Don't <laughs> want Brunette to win it because he's the Florida Panthers coach and screw them. Um, really, the only one who would be really cool and seeing Happy win would be Sutter with the Flames. But I really don't have a, a too big of a huge opinion on this award. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it was it's only kind of like a thing where like the Flyers are in it, um, which is a good segue into the next one quick. But the uh, the Masterton Trophy that the winner of that will be announced before Game Two of the East Final tomorrow night. Uh, that game's on at eight o'clock on ESPN, I believe. Um, and we have a quote unquote hometown connection to this one. 
where Kevin Hayes is one of the three finalists, along with Zidane Chara and Carey Price. The Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy is awarded to the person who shows qualities of perseverance as well as excellence and so on and so forth um, through the game of hockey and through life. Again, like we've said before, everyone deserves to win this trophy, but only one person can win it. Being biased, we hope it's Kevin Hayes because he's been through a lot this past year. So good luck to Hayes, and we will know for sure if he does take home that award tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, of course we want Hayes to win it, but like like we've said many times, Matt, especially when Lim Bomb on this, all the players dominated deserve to win this award. And if they all three could, they all they all should. So if Hayes wins if Hayes wins it, great. If not, the other winner is fully deservedly so. Very well said. And then when it comes to the other awards, those will be announced again throughout the coverage of the final. Um, these I, I believe the, the leadership award was announced last night. Yes, uh, I have that right here. So the Mark Messier Leadership Award was awarded to Anze Kopitar of the LA Kings. Uh, it's presented to the player who exemplifies great leadership qualities on and off the ice and who plays a leading role in his community growing the game of hockey. Kopitar has been at the forefront of helping promote hockey in South, 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 Southern California, where the center has spent 16 seasons with the Kings since being selected number 11 overall in the 05 draft. He's participated in several community programs for the Kings, including the Children's Hospital LA, Make-A-Wish Foundation, Wags and Walks, and the Kings Care Foundation, and was voted by teammates as the Ace Bailey Memorial Award winner, most inspirational player each of the past two seasons. Uh, Kopitar said in an interview with Mark Messier after he was announced as the winner, quote, we're all trying to grow the game between the LA Kings and myself. I think we've done a really good job around here in SoCal with the help of the Anaheim Ducks team. Just getting to spread the game apart, just getting the game spread apart here in SoCal. I think we're doing a pretty good job. Also, in all of his promotion to help hockey in the Southern California area, Kopitar also hosts a youth clinic in his home country of Slovenia. Last year, more than a dozen countries were represented in that clinic as well. So congratulations to Anze Kopitar, the winner the winner of the Marc Messier NHL Leadership Award. Well-deserved. Again, don't really have much thoughts on him. I've always looked <laughs> at Anze Kopitar as, as a player. He's, he's been a great captain for the LA Kings. So congrats to Anze. Well said. Um, now we get to the final topic of the night. Um, if you don't know... June is National Pride Month, and the NHL, along with every other brand, is supporting To have that. ever existed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which is not a knock. It's just, like, the, the knock against where it's, like, I saw a meme where it was, like, everyone kicks out, like, the support for Ukraine, and then they turn everything into, like, the pride flag. Which, again, there's I'm not trying to be political about it. There's obviously nothing wrong with that. It's just kind of how everyone sees this as like a mark, like it turns into a marketing ploy where they lose the message yeah. a little bit. Um, but in the case of the NHL, uh, the NHL and the NHLPA, as long as the 32 clubs will continue to celebrate pride month this season, it is a part of the NHL and NHLPA's joint hockey is for everyone year round initiative. Also got some flack for that over the years with the NHL. Um, go look it up if you need to. <laughs> But, We've already talked about it on this podcast many I was going to say, I'm just reading from the article here. Um, 
Throughout this last regular season, all 32 clubs hosted a Pride Night and several teams led fundraising efforts to benefit local LGBTQ plus organizations and charities with more than $785,000 being raised, benefiting approximately 35 local organizations. LGBTQ plus celebrities and influencers also participated in club Pride Night ceremonies throughout the regular season, including, I'll just name a couple of them here, Denali Fox from RuPaul's Drag Race, who performed a routine in drag during the Blackhawks intermission, a national anthem performance from singer-songwriter Soul Bear prior to the Winnipeg Jets puck drop, and Edmonton native and Edmonton Oil Kings defenseman Luke Prokop was an honored guest at the Edmonton Oilers Pride Night. Um, So, again, we see all these things that the league and the players association, as well as all the clubs, do to assist in the LGBTQ plus community and they will continue to celebrate pride month throughout the remainder of june dave your thoughts you know just you know you really like to see meaningful action and meaningful change it's nice to see all these companies you know change their logo but like let's put your you know money where your mouth is for once um but pride month is big just because you know it's it's an important issue and people of this community, you know, really just really started getting full human rights within our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, at the end of the day, love is love. And it doesn't matter who you are, you know, as long as it's not illegal, you know what I mean? Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's just about everyone having equal rights and being yes. happy. So fly, fly your flag, be proud of it. Love is love. And do not let anyone else keep you from being who you truly are. Exactly. And for those who feel as though, you know, that you're keeping a secret or are worried about if you do come out, you know, there's plenty of safe places out there and there's tons of support online. And, you know, your friends and family are your strongest support systems. So never feel afraid to be yourself. You should always feel like you're able to come out and, um, you know, you'll always have a proper support system in place. So. Well said. Well said. It's 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 a day, and you know, don't focus on the negative stuff. Because on, on today's like uh, uh, months like this month, and where teams make these posts, social media is one of the worst places you can go. And yes. there were some disgusting remarks made on Flyer social media in regards to their posts of Scott Lawn raising the pride flag at the Wells Fargo Center. Um, for those people, you can get out of sports because you are the minority yes, and you are a loser. Racists and bigots and every anyone that has any prejudice towards any group of people do not belong in sports and they don't deserve to cheer on the teams that they do because there's Precisely. no room there's no room for hate in any sport for any pe- for any people in general but sports are supposed to bring everyone together most of all and not drive people apart so that should be the main message surrounding this month surrounding any month Obviously, again, it can get to be a little lost, but the, there's a there's a, a month for everything nowadays, which is fine. It's I mean, I'm all for bringing awareness to things, um, but it's you want the message to continue being driven home in the correct way. Yes. So, but with that, we will wrap things up for tonight. I've already got my iPad switched to TNT uh, for the game. Uh, which is it's starting puck drop is in about 15 minutes Dave we have some time but um, I'm ready to go for tonight we'll wrap it up here 
and we will be back with everyone next week. Dave, as always, I will throw it over to you to take us home. Yes, yes. Thank you to everyone for your listening listening listens as always. We do greatly appreciate it. Make sure you check out our brothers at the Pod Street Boys and their podcasts. Our great affiliates always worth tuning in, and they always dig deep into the Flyers. When we kind of at this time of year, if the Flyers are in, and we take a step back and we just focus on the bigger picture in the NHL playoffs, they are still taking that deep dive, that big fork fill out of the Philadelphia Flyers. So make sure you check out their podcasts. And of course, they're also, besides the Pod Street Bullies, you have their affiliates at High and Wide Radio. All good podcasts, all good sources. Follow them on their appropriate social media platforms. Um, with that, enjoy their playoffs. We will be, we will be back next week, um, and we will give a SAS report and update on the conference finals. Who knows? Maybe a t- one or both teams will advance by then. Probably, hopefully not, because we mm-hmm. want lots of hockey. We want at least five or six games this round yes. from both sides. So with that, everyone enjoy it. Um, enjoy the rising temperatures as summer is starting to come around the corner here. We hope everyone had a great Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy, I think it's already the weekend. Tomorrow is Friday, TGIF already. But with that, we will see everyone next week. Good night and good playoff hockey.